You're listening to the Vacation Rental Success Podcast, and this week's episode is brought to you by the kind sponsorship of Minute. Are you worried about noise complaints and unauthorized parties or smoking in your rentals? Meet Minute, your peace of mind solution. Minute sensors discreetly monitor noise levels, occupancy, and even detect cigarette smoke, all while respecting guest privacy. Easy to install and manage from anywhere, Minute integrates seamlessly with your smart home devices and enhancing the guest experience while ensuring your property's safety. Say goodbye to sleepless nights and hello to happy neighbors and guests. Protect your investment with Minute. Check the link in the description of this episode to find Minute in our virtual vendor showcase. Without further ado, let's get this episode started. Here's your host, Heather Bayer. If you're serious about branding, you need to make it stand out. And that is what today's guest has done with his company in spades. The magenta shirts sported by Cassiola's staff stand out wherever they go. You can't miss them. And today I'm joined by Cassiola's founder, Dennis Uthite, and we're talking branding using OTAs, franchising and standardization and a whole lot more. This is the Vacation Rental Success Podcast, keeping you up to date with news, views, information and resources on this rapidly changing short-term rental business. I'm your host, Heather Bayer, and with 25 years of experience in this industry, I'm making sure you know what's hot, what's not, what's new and what will help make your business a success. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Vacation Rental Success Podcast. This is your host, Heather Bayer, and welcome back to this last episode of 2023. Where has this year gone? It, it doesn't seem any time at all since I was talking about the last podcast of 2022. And I, I seriously believe that these years just keep going faster and faster. The clock is just moving faster. I just wish it would slow down. Because, you know, I was thinking back about being in the business as a property manager, as I was for 20 years. I mean, this year, this, this upcoming year in 2024, I will have been free of that business for two years once we come to June. And yeah, once again, time's moving way too fast. But we're talking to property manager today. And I was in the business for 20 years as a property manager, and it took so much time to build up an inventory in those early years. There were so many RBOs, you know, rent by owners, and they weren't interested at all in using a property management company. And in those days, you know, we didn't have that many investors who wanted to simply buy a property and go hands off. The rental business was such a different animal then, and it just took a long time to build that inventory. But nowadays, we are seeing so much more in the way of rapid growth and dynamic companies that, that have got robust systems and automated processes that offer owners the chance of much broader marketing, while using revenue management strategies that optimise available nights and shifts in demand and everything else that is just so much more to offer an owner who does not want to do that management themselves anymore. So today I'm focusing on one of these companies and I want to start by reading a portion of an article written by Amy Highnote back in June of 2021 and published in VRM Intel. And Amy is, I mean, she uses a lot of vacation rentals. She's a critical user of vacation rentals. She talks about it 
about what she likes, what she doesn't like. And after all, she's been in the business a long time and her thoughts and reviews are really relevant. And in this article, she said, I'll, I'll read it verbatim. This past February, I pulled into the driveway of my Orlando vacation rental about 9pm on a Saturday night. It's always unsettling to arrive to a dark home at night, so it was a welcome relief to see that the front porch lights were on. I opened my text messages to find my key code, entered the home and found lights tastefully on, soft music playing from the TV and curtains opened to the lit pool and patio area. Exhale. Finally, after a year of not travelling, my vacation had begun. As many guests do, I set out to explore the home both out of curiosity and to make sure everything was okay. I was happy to see that all the beds had fresh white hospitality bedding, tight tucked corners and white towels folded perfectly and stacked on the beds. The bathrooms were spotless with white bath mats folded and ready for use. Moving into the kitchen, I opened the cabinets to find that all glasses, dishes, pots, pans, flatware, utensils and pot holders were matched sets and were placed intentionally and carefully on shelves or organised in drawers. After unloading the car, I put on a swimsuit, made a cocktail and took a dip in the perfectly heated pool. The experience was so beyond my expectations that I had to call Cassiola to find out more about the company. So I'll put a link in the show notes for you to take a look back at that article, if you wish, because my talk with Dennis Uthait of Cassiola is, is, is going to be more up to date and we're going to be talking about a lot more that he's been doing over the past couple of years since that article was written because this is a company in fast growth mode right now. So without further ado, let's go on over to my conversation with Dennis. Well, I'm so pleased to have with me today Dennis Uthait from Cassiola. And Cassiola, if you haven't come across them, you need to go to a conference because you would know the Cassiola team from anywhere because of their magenta, I'm not going to say pink, Dennis, their magenta t-shirts, the branding is, is there wherever they go. And this is something we're going to be talking about. But thank you for joining me. Welcome. So happy to be here, and we're off to a great start uh, pronouncing my name, Magenta. Yeah, you're, you're scoring points uh, from the get-go. I've done my research. Yeah. Dennis, let's kick off with you know the fact that you are in Orlando. You manage a, a property management company in Orlando. You also manage similar in Aruba. And also Miami, am I right? Correct. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's our latest uh, destination that we added last year. But you haven't always done this. You know, my, in, in my sort of research, like, oh, my goodness, you, you know, you're Belgian. You started out with, you had a printing company in Belgium. What got you to the happiest place on earth, Orlando? I'm putting that in brackets, the happiest place on earth, because I have to say it's... Uh... It is, it is. Uh, <laughs> for, for many, um... it is, yeah. <laughs> well, the, the reason I ended up in, in Orlando is because I also did some, some re- research, uh, market research uh, before I got into the, this industry. 
I probably didn't do my research good enough because I would probably have never started in this industry. But uh, um, once I decided after selling my, my previous business, um, I wanted to do something with, with real estate, but didn't want to become a real estate agent. So I thought, hmm, property management sounds easy and fun. You sit all day at your pool uh, with a cocktail and a laptop waiting until someone needs you. And, and that's about it. So I actually started my search in, in Silicon Valley after selling my business. I went to Silicon Valley. That was the place to be to, to start a business 10 years ago. Figured quickly, pretty quickly that uh, without big uh, VC funds or investment money, um, there's nothing you can do there. Um, I really wanted to self-fund uh, my business when we started. So I, I drove down to, to LA, I was staying in, in Anaheim, not far from Disneyland. And that's where I came across uh, vacation rentals for the first time, uh, basically, in my life. And I thought, hmm, that's interesting. Uh, interesting. I had an e-commerce background, um, a degree in marketing. I thought I can... I can use that skill set to to sell stays in, in vacation homes and, and managing a home. I mean, I had a home. How hard can it be to, to manage someone else's home? So then I started to do some research, found that Orlando, the greater Orlando area around Disney World is, is probably the largest vacation home market in in. For sure, the U.S., but maybe in the world, there's more than 100,000 uh, vacation homes within a 15, 20-minute uh, radius. So visited Orlando, really loved the place. It's like a, a big city where you have everything to, to keep yourself entertained, but still it, it feels like, like a, a small town. Um, there's a lot of green. I live at the lake. It's beautiful, not too crowded, um, as long as you stay away from, from the theme parks. So really love the vibe, the environment, the weather was great. So um, yeah, that's how we started. Uh, started looking to purchase a small existing business. Didn't want to start from, from scratch. So we, we found a business that was for sale with, with 20 homes or, or condos actually all in one uh, resort and yeah that's how we started to pack my bags and and came over with my wife in the beginning it was just me and and her doing everything i was doing all the the, the back end guest relations the promotion uh, um, owner relations and uh, my wife liliana took care of the inspections and, and making sure that the homes were ready for the guests that was a smart move to actually not start from scratch. So many people do that. Just, just you know, I, I'll, I'll buy my first house and then I'll grow it from there. But having said a smart move, you know, you buy 20 homes. It, it's not like you're, you've worked up to know exactly how taxing and challenging it is to manage 20 homes. It is. I've... I'm going to be honest, I, I was running a company. We had offices in seven countries, production facilities like big factories um, as well in, in Belgium, Europe, as in North Africa, in, in Marrakesh, 120 people on the payroll. I thought I knew a thing or two about business, um, so property management was going to be easy. In all honesty, I've never worked so hard than the first two years um, in this industry. So I underestimated it completely. And um, it's just so demanding. It's 24-7 nonstop. It just never stops. You can never let your guard down because you 
when you do, you're going to get that call at 2 a.m. at night for a guest that locked themselves out or, or an AC that stopped working. And that is what it what makes it really, really uh, hard for, for small business owners and small property managers. Yeah, I don't, and I think, you know, j- jumping in like that with, with a lot of properties, that, that must have been tough. There was, there was no sitting by this pool then with the margarita and just waiting for the occasional call to come in. <laughs> no, not not as much as I uh, was hoping for now. <laughs> what? Uh, waiting for that moment. So, so what, what, what had to change for you? You know, you're working 16, 17 hours a day. It's not the, the dream that you perhaps imagined. What had to change to help you scale and grow and, and get out of that grind, if you like? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, in all honesty, I'm so glad that I went through it. It, it was hard. And if you would have asked me um, eight, nine years ago, I, I probably wouldn't have told you that it was, was a great experience. But I really, really learned the business from, from the ground up. I, I have been dealing with every single owner, signing on contracts, doing the marketing, creating listings, researching OTAs. Airbnb wasn't like a thing. 10 years ago, uh, we were one of the first property managers on, on Airbnb. So all those things really gave me a good understanding of, of the business. So I'm, I'm really glad that I went through it and, and I wouldn't change it uh, uh, for a thing. Now, it would have been great to have some weekends off and, and, and nights off, absolutely. Uh, but it's just part of the process. Now, you said it's a smart thing to, to um, start with an existing uh, business. Um, just to give you an idea, it took a full entire year for me to sign on the first new owner after starting that business. I thought like, okay, we've, we have a business, 20 homes. I'm going to double it in size in, in uh, the first year or two. That, that was my plan. And I, I started to, to almost panic in the first uh, few months when, when it didn't happen. There were no leads coming in. No one was interested in our services uh, back then. No one knew us. So so obviously they didn't reach out uh, um, to us. And then when I reached out to, to other people, they were happy with what was going on. And we didn't really have anything unique uh, to offer at that point. So it took a full entire year to, to sign on our first uh, um, new owner. And yeah, that has been a le- learning curve too. Now, one needed to change to really um, make it a little bit easier. It, it's growth in, in units and in revenue. That was the only way really to change it. Um, after six months, we were like in an inflection point. And I, I told that story on some other podcasts too. I, I remember the day like it, it happened yesterday. So we finally scheduled the day off for us we were gonna go to um, Clearwater Beach which is a two and a half to three hour drive from from Orlando if traffic is not too bad and we looked like oh there's not too many arrivals today there's no departures this is the perfect day to to go to the beach we had a few get, uh, guests um, staying in house but no arrivals no inspections to do let's let's go so we packed all our gear, um, jumped in the car. We drove three hours to the beach, Clearwater. We set everything up (laughs) on the beach. And literally, like 10 minutes later, we got a call from a guest that locked himself out. He uh, exited the home through the garage. They closed it. They locked it. And the deadbolt from the front door was on, so they couldn't get back in uh, with their coat. So literally 10 minutes, we had to pack everything back up, uh, put it in the car, and drive three hours back to Orlando. So we spent six hours in the car, 
10 minutes on the beach and and yeah that was like for me okay we need to change something here this is not something i want to keep on doing for the next 10 years or the next year we either um sell the business and 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 look for for something else that we can do or we grow it so that we um yeah can hire staff that we um that the business doesn't depend on just the two of us but that we uh, um can have people um working uh, uh, with us and and so that we can disconnect uh, uh, once in a while and take some days off so that's basically what needed to happen we had to grow so that it did make sense to to hire uh, staff and and what you see in those businesses you're actually buying your freedom by hiring people in the beginning then when you grow more you're hiring a management team and again mm-hmm. you spend a lot of money on those positions but what you're doing is is you're buying your time back uh, um, you can't do it yourself on your own um, and you make a lot of money but you don't have a life yes indeed indeed i I've, you know i've i've been there not with anywhere near as many properties as you have i think we got up to about 200 yeah. but uh, but yes it's it, it's the team that makes it but i'm really interested you know you said it took a year to get that new property on board and yeah. and where are you at how many do you have now so right now in total we're um between 350 and and 400 uh, uh, properties yeah yeah so so you know quite a lot of growth along the way and i read in vacation rental secrets that's uh, brooke fouts's book and i i read your 10 mistakes i read everybody's 10 10 mm-hmm. 10 mistakes they'd made um, growing their property management companies. But yours really resonated with me because you said that one of your property managers' management mistakes was focusing too much on the guest experience instead of on the owner experience. Mm -hmm. And I know from being a property manager myself that standing out to owners – is is just of such importance because you said it in in that in the book that owners are the foundation of your business if you don't have them you don't have a business so tell me your philosophy on you know getting your owners what do you tell them what makes you stand out from all those myriad other property managers in orlando so yeah now you're absolutely right when i started in this industry i really did not know anything about property management or hospitality uh, for that matter so my assumption was just like if we take great care of the guests they have an amazing time they're gonna go come back we're gonna have a lot of bookings the owners are gonna make a lot of money and 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 they're gonna be happy and that's how we uh, are gonna grow so we were very guest focused we also spent a lot of our time and effort on the marketing side um, to get more bookings and and do direct mail campaigns and then email campaigns uh, to get more guests and it took a few years for me to re- realize like hey actually the the real key to to our growth as a business are owners you can do everything you want on on the guest side and and the the marketing side you can do the best revenue management in town you can be on the most channels but the best you can do is probably increase your revenue for that property with with 10 20 percent and and then you're probably maxed out on on that home but if you add one additional uh, home you already double your revenue um, if you go from one to two homes. So um, that's once we realized that, we, we thought, okay, what are we doing 
better here or, or different than most of our competitors. And, and we really came up with, with ideas on, on how to, to stand out and, and uh, uh, review the whole owner experience, uh, uh, what we saw back in the days and, and, and what we could do uh, better. A lot of it involved technology. Um, so we created our own owner app, basically our owner portal that provides 100% uh, transparency. So we have it now, I think, for, for six uh, years. So we share everything um, that happens in the home with our owners. So from the moment the guest checks out, they can see when the housekeepers go in, how long they're in the house to clean. They get a full photo report of the clean when it's done. Um, they see when our team goes in, we inspect after every clean. They see again the whole inspection report. They see any damages that happened, um, any cleaning issues um, that they had to resolve. Same with, with maintenance tasks. Everything is available for the owners in, in real time. And over the years now, we, we kept on adding on that uh, um, owner interface. And I think we have one of the, the most complete um, applications now. And, and we stand for 100% transparency, which is not always easy because we, we make mistakes and we make a lot of mistakes. We just don't hide them um, mm -hmm. to, to our owners. And, and some owners have a problem uh, with it because they yeah they blame us for making uh, mistakes of course we we solve them and we have to but they see what happened and with another property management company they they probably would not not have any idea that it happened uh, um, so it's not for everyone but we really like it and and it has been a great marketing tool owners wanna um, have that kind that feeling of having control although they're not here, so they mm -hmm. still depend on us. Um, but knowing what's going on in their property without bothering or waiting for an update uh, from us. So that's uh, definitely one of, of the, the key differentiators that, that, that we have used. Another one, which is very surprising when, when I started in this business, um, but from day one, we always have been very, very focused on revenue and, and generating uh, revenue. And that sounds very obvious, but most property managers, um, especially 10 years ago, mm -hmm. were, I mean, like bookings was something they did, but that was not their core business. Um, I remember having a conversation with a property manager, a competitor, and he was sitting in his office and, and the phone rang. That was uh, the days that there were still landlines. And he said, you hear that? I said, what's going on? That's the phone. That's money. That's uh, um, that's calling. Every time there was a call, he would take out this his his, uh, um, his notepad to to charge the owner. It's it's yeah, I need to go and clog the toilet. Do this. Do that. And that's how they made their money. They had some commission on bookings. That was uh, fine. But the main revenue source was was charges and 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 the work that they did. And we have, have turned that around uh, from the beginning. So uh, we were one of the few management companies that did away with, with management fees 10 years ago. We went with 100% commission. So we sell it as we only make money if you make money. And it's just important that we keep our interests aligned with those of the, the owners. And yeah, we were one of the first ones doing revenue management in, in Orlando. Really helped us a lot. 
that effect is now going down a little bit because everybody's doing revenue management, so you don't really stand out there. So um, our newest thing is now really ranking optimization, all the OTAs um, where we're working. <laughs> so with a startup from, from Europe um, helping us with that. Um, so we really want to focus now, how can we provide you the most visibility on websites on like Airbnb, booking.com, Verbo, uh, not by lowering the prices, but by, by doing other things. There, there's a ton of things uh, that you can do and change and update frequently to, to stay at the top of the ranking uh, there. So that's what we're really focused on now to drive that revenue. Um, and so, yeah, revenue, transparency, those are main, um, yeah, points that we want to uh, do better than, than most others. So, um, so many people I talk to on this podcast are focused on direct booking, but you're not, not for your Orlando market. So just to, just explain that because I, you know, I have heard this explanation. I think it's, I think it's good to have this out again because, you know, we've, we've always yeah. tried to get across that direct booking is, is not the be all and end all. It's not an either exactly, or yes. in some markets no. it's, it's just not worthwhile. And I believe that's where you're, you stand. Absolutely. I hear that now almost for 10 years at conferences like OTAs are bad. Uh, the big enemy first was home away. Um, then it's Airbnb. It's always someone. But um, yeah, here in Orlando, it's not that we didn't try. Let, let that be clear. We, we tried everything to get more direct bookings. But we're also very analytical. And, and I think not everyone in this industry is really looking at the numbers. Of course, it's great to get a direct booking, but if that direct booking costs you more, um, and sometimes, especially in Orlando, because it's such a saturated market and, and you're competing with all the big brands in as well, the hotel space as the theme parks. So um, doing like paid advertising, um, it's very hard trying to, to rank high in an organic way with all the blog posts about Disney and fan clubs that, that already exist. There's people, I think they live in the parks, they stream everything live. That's something that we just can do. So it's very hard to get uh, up there. So we, we just realized like everything that we try to get direct bookings um, cost us almost twice as much mm -hmm. as getting an OTA booking. So we still focus on, on getting repeat bookings. So once a guest has booked uh, with us, we, we remarket to those and, and we send email campaigns. But we learned how to best use the OTAs. And, and, and that's also something I think that is a little bit underappreciated. So every OTA is different. Um, a lot of people in the industry think, oh, distribution, it's my PMS and I can turn on Airbnb and booking.com. And, and I'm doing distribution and I'm, uh, um, yeah, I'm all the OTAs. That's not how it works. Every OTA is different. You need to really learn how they work, what kind of demographic books on them, because that's also different. And you need to learn how to master those OTAs. In the beginning, when I purchased that business, they were at like 30, 40 different sites. Uh, back in the day, there were a lot of listing subscriptions. So you paid a fixed amount and then you were on there. You didn't pay any commission when you got a booking, uh, but you paid a fixed amount. So I just canceled all of them and I focused all my time and effort on our top five booking channels um, and, and really learned how to, to, uh, um, yeah, to work with them. And it took a while because... 
you think that you know how things work, but they may be much different than than uh, uh, what, what you expect. So um, it took a little while, but I, I think we're, we're really good at it now. One thing to, to watch out for, for sure, is don't be dependent on one specific channel. What I would never do is having 80, 90% of our business coming from, from one OTA. So we have a mix. Um, our top three channels are around between 20 and 30% of our channel mix. And, and that's how I want to keep uh, um, it there. Sometimes we have a certain channel like really spiking, like during the pandemic, it, it was uh, um, Airbnb. They were at some point, I think, 65% of, of our bookings uh, coming in. And I, I didn't feel comfortable with Bob. So we, we made some changes there to, to balance it out a little bit and, and increased prices uh, on, on that specific channel. So uh, to give the opportunity to other channels uh, um, to, to perform a little bit better. So we really uh, watch that channel mix that we have. We always try promising new channels good example there is is marriott we were one of the the launching partners of marriott homes and villas and it has like killed it uh, um in the beginning we were getting 100 150 new bookings each month from them if we hadn't tried it that would be a lot of revenue that we would have missed it has come down uh, um in the last few years because they added so much more um inventory on on their website but we're now partnering and then launching partner with american express we were the first ones on on hopper so all those channels that we think like hey they can really make a difference we want to be um the first on there and and see if they work or not sounds like you're very intentional with all this marketing I'm going to break into the interview for just a few moments to hear about our sponsor, Minute. We'll be right back with more great conversation shortly. Welcome back, Nathan. We're talking now about outdoor sensors because I, I manage properties in Ontario in Canada for 20 years and outdoor noise was always way more of an issue than indoor noise. So I love the fact that Minute has an outdoor sensor. What types of properties benefit from an outdoor noise monitor and how does it actually work? Yeah, we're so excited about the fact that the latest generation of Minute devices can be used indoors or outdoors thanks to the fact that they're weatherproof. So it's the same device uh, when you're setting it up, you'll choose whether you're placing it indoors or outdoors. It will work flawlessly in either location. The average user for us may only need indoor monitoring for things like noise or cigarette smoke. But as you pointed out, we have quite a few customers who have beautiful outdoor areas like pools, hot tubs, maybe just a nice patio or something that's inviting to a guest. And obviously, these are big selling points when someone's booking a vacation rental. Uh, they may not be quite such a big hit with the neighbors, though. <laughs> so it can be quite important to know if your guests are being noisy in those types of amenities late at night or if they're just excessively noisy for quite a long time or something that might be a bit of a, an issue with the neighbors, right? So a device like this gives you the opportunity to ask them to quiet down before you get a call from a disgruntled neighbor at 2 in the morning. And if you're using one of our integrations with a property management system, we can actually text or call the guest for you so that you can keep sleeping as we resolve the problem for you. Aside from that, uh, there are some cities and counties that have very strict noise ordinances specifically for outdoor noise. So like Palm Springs comes to mind. 
And in those cases, having a record of the decibel level can quite possibly save you hundreds or even thousands of dollars from noise violation fines. That is brilliant. I wish they'd had that when I was uh, managing all those properties up in Ontario. But it's great to hear that that's out there now. always very conscious of how time goes so fast when I'm having such a great conversation and I want to talk about Aruba because it's an it's such a different market so tell us how did you get into Aruba it's not what you'd think well you know I'm in Orlando now I'm going to Aruba (laughs) no absolutely not and and you may, it may seem like things are intentional, but sometimes it's just uh, fate and, and good luck. And, and this is a perfect example. I was at a conference in, in Vegas. I think it was uh, ResFest, the, the Escapia user conference. And while I was standing there at the buffet waiting um, to get my food, I had someone that reached out and said, oh, Dennis, good height. You, your name sounds, uh, um, sounds Dutch. Um, are you from Holland? Oh, yeah, I'm from Belgium, but I, I moved to, to Orlando and we started talking. They had a small uh, company in Aruba, around uh, between 10 and, and 20 homes uh, there also. They started the same year as, as we did in 2014. And uh, during our conversation, I, I could really hear all the pain points that we hit over the years um, and and that we somehow solved. They were like stuck at, at that point and, and didn't really see how to, to get past those, uh, um, those points. So we stayed in touch. I think almost a year or two years, uh, every time uh, um, she had a question, she would reach out. I would give them some advice and, and, and told her, hey, this is how I would do it or maybe try this. And yeah, she also asked me, oh, you need to come to Aruba. I really want to show you what we're doing. And I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, <laughs> I, I mean, I didn't really have the, the time uh, to travel. And yeah, at, at that point, we were also really focused on, on Orlando and growing uh, Orlando. So it wasn't really on my radar to, to expand outside um, Orlando because, again, this is one of the biggest markets in the world. We only have a zero point maybe 0.1% market share. So there's so much growth here in our own market, which is, is usually cheaper and easier to, to get than, than expanding into different uh, areas. But then, yeah, the pandemic uh, hit and um, everything got shut down like most places. But then, um, yeah, the, the beach areas, especially here um, in, in Florida, beach and mountain destinations, they came roaring back. They were killing it, I think, 21 or, or even 2020, the end of 2020. They they were doing record uh, um, sales and, and bookings and exploding. And here in Orlando, it was it was just dead. People uh, wanted to, to go away. They wanted to leave their home, but they didn't want to spend time with, with other people in a theme park. Uh, um, so theme parks were closed from longer extended time uh, to to start with but then even when they reopened no one really wanted to go to to a theme park so that made me also realize like hey yeah um we need to diversify our our business a little bit and and expand the different geographic uh, areas 
I was still in contact with with the team in in Aruba. I did have um, a lot more time because uh, we were not doing a lot of, of business uh, back then. So I finally um, yeah took a plane. Plane plane tickets were so cheap uh, back then <laughs> yes. in the pandemic. I think I flew for like sixty dollars. The, the the price of an Uber ride to the airport. Now <laughs> I flew to to um, Aruba, stay there for a week. Gave them a lot of advice. We really looked at all aspects of the business. I helped them setting up like entire like Google workplace accounts and stuff like that. And and then um, at the end, they asked the question. I said, "What if we start? If we partner up and and we start um, a Casiola business uh, um, here in in Aruba?" And I was thinking like. Yeah, maybe that's not a bad idea. I mean, I'm I'm spending all that time uh, here with them, and I was doing it for free, and I, I didn't mind because I always love looking under the hood of other businesses. We had done some exchanges with with other companies uh, here too, so I love doing that. But I thought, yeah, it's it's probably not going to end uh, here. There's a lot more work to do. Why don't we do it together? We have so many more resources um, and things already in place that they don't have yet. So it, it does make sense uh, um, to partner up. And and yeah, actually in that week for me going there, um, by the end of the week, we, we did a handshake. We said, hey, let's let's do it. Let's start Casiola. We we did legal. We started a new business. I think uh, within the month and and the first of January. I, I went there in December and the first of January. We we started Casiola Aruba um, together, and in less than two years, we were able to grow them from around. Yeah, 12, 13 homes to, to over 100 uh, homes. We have some of the most amazing exclusive properties in, in Aruba. And it has been like a, a great uh, ride. I mean, not everything has been easy. Don't, don't get me wrong. It's still a lot of hard work, but we were really able to help them um, getting to the next stage and then the one after that uh, in, in a time that was so much quicker than they would have uh, um, figured mm-hmm. it out on, on their own. So, And that's also how we, we got um, to the idea of a of, of franchise. There are probably a lot of, of other owners, business owners, property managers that are in the same situation. They They love what they do. But it's just a, a lot. It's overwhelming. If you walk into that um, vendor hall at, at VRMA, you were there too. And you see what was in more than 150 vendors. Where, where do you even start? How do you pick your PMS system? Or should you be using revenue management software A or B? And they're also all still very involved in, in the operations. So it, it, it's hard. So... We thought like, hey, we've done it in um, Aruba. We also started um, our Miami destination in, in the meantime, which has been uh, successful. Uh, why not put it in like an official framework and, and start Casiola franchise? We, we, can, uh, we, we need local partners to do um, the work on, on the grounds and build those relationships with owners and, and realtors and, and local community. But there's so much that we can help with on the technology side, on the financial side, on the marketing side. Uh, the branding that we have in place is, is so strong. 
Um, so yeah, no, that that's how we came to to franchise, and and I really believe if if we um, if, if you join us, um, that we can help you grow so so much uh, faster, while keeping a, a better work life uh, balance <laughs> than than you would have if you do it on your own or or the one that I had uh, when I started out and and was responsible for everything. I know when uh, when I when I we started and we got to about thirteen to I oh, we always had these tipping points. And and around yeah. about thirteen properties was the first tipping point. You know, we we needed yeah. we we had to do away with the spreadsheets and get something else. Yeah. Me, mind you, we were still on yeah. spreadsheets yeah. and fax machines at that point, but we had to get we had to yeah. go and find the software. But at that time, I mean, I'm talking about two thousand and five, two thousand and six. There wasn't the huge array of choices that there are now, and I I understand perfectly what you mean about you know, being faced with that massive choice, you know, where, where do you start? So, and there's yeah. a lot of work goes into making those choices and you can really, really, really make the wrong choices. And I know this. Um, so that, that's, that's where you'd come in. Exactly. That's why, but I, uh, because the, those in those points um, you have a couple of times, uh, um, I never was at 13 properties, so um, I don't know about that one, but we had that at 40 properties. Yeah. Now we had it again at 80 properties, around 150. And you may make choice and, and switch software providers to go from, from 20 to 40, but that may not be the, the right choice in the long run. And and by having a partner that already went to um, those different points, that can really help you making quite a long-term uh, choice. It may be a little bit of overkill um, at, at the time that you start using it, but it's so much more expensive uh, switching later on when yes. you have 100 properties and, and whatever system you picked out uh, doesn't uh, um, do it anymore so yeah no uh, i think that experience con- comes in and, and mm-hmm. not having it done once but a few times with a couple of uh, partners uh, helps there too uh, so yeah i really be- believe in the system if you join a franchise um of course there's certain franchise fees right so we we charge a 4.9 percent of, of revenue and and that's an objection we get a lot like why should i pay you uh, so much money but i really really believe that if you have to do everything that we offer to our franchisees, if you would have to do that yourself, um, you would pay not 5%, but probably 10 or 15% of, of your uh, gross revenue um, just to get all those things done and you get them from from day one, they're already up and, and, and running. Um, so yeah, I really believe it's going to be so much faster and so much cheaper than, than doing it on your own. Well, one of the really important things is your branding. And you yeah. just you just said, and I don't know what you, um, I can't remember what you were talking about. You said, you said it's more than. Your branding is more than those magenta t-shirts and a logo it's you know you look at your website and the branding is is just so strong what was your thinking behind it and how do you keep that branding consistent across everything that you do yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, I just want to be clear for everyone, this did not all happen overnight and, and from day one, because it's always easy to look back and see, oh, what they've done, it looks looks great, but there's a whole evolution. And if you look at photos from 10 years ago, I'm, I'm almost ashamed to see what <laughs> things uh, look like. Do you, know, um, do you know, Dennis, I started this podcast at the same time as you started your company, and I wouldn't go back and look, <laughs> listen to those first ones. Exactly, <laughs> if you listen back to this episode, 
episode. So one thing that was very intentional from the beginning was our color and actually also the name. So when I was doing my market research, remember back uh, um, 10 years ago, um, looking at the Orlando market, one of the things I did is I was um, online researching all the competitors I could find. And, and what I did is I I grabbed the logo from the website, put them all on one big sheet, added some more information about the number of properties and the area that they were active in. And I had it all on, on one uh, big sheet just to see, hey, like these are the companies that I should look at more because they're doing great. And, and those are some other competitors to keep on, on our radar. And then when it was time to, to come up with our own branding, I, I was looking at that sheet and something that stood out to me was like, all those logos, they look so similar, like no one really stands out. Uh, I mean, they were great companies and, and professional logos, but they're all like green and blue and, and yellow. So I think those three colors are like 90% of all vacation rental businesses logos. So <laughs> I thought if we want to stand out here, we have to do something different. And we had a couple of companies that had red and, and, and purple and, and slightly different colors. So I just picked something that I that no one else had. And, and that was actually the, the very bright uh, hot pink or, or magenta. So I placed that in the middle of the sheet and and yeah when you just look at it the the, the thing that really attracts your attention was that the uh, um that pink uh, circle so that's that's how it started but that was very intentional but of course it's not when you start a small business it's not that everybody all of a sudden says like oh you have a great color um can can we join you but a pivotal moment there for me was also i, I remember one night um i had like an industry event here from the local association they had a, a drink or a get together and and usually i would uh, um, yeah get a suit before i went to those uh, events but you know it's property management i was busy i was delayed probably unclogging a toilet or, or whatever so i didn't have time to change so i just went wearing my my polo to the uh, um, to the event and didn't really think anything about it. Um, but then two, three months uh, later, um, someone came to me and they said, oh, I remember you. I saw you at that event. They didn't know my name anymore. They didn't know what the company's name was, but they um, remembered that color. And that was for me like, oh, my God, this is this is actually strong. That was the last time I ever uh, wore a suit to, to any <laughs> event. If you're going to see me now, I'm, I'm going to be wearing this. And, and the rest of our team, too, our van, vans are bright uh, pink um, or, or everything. It, it's part of, of the culture um, now. Everything that we do, all the communication, um, it's all very consistent and and. That pink is, is really what sets us apart even more than the name and, and the rest of the branding. I, I've just um, I've just been reading an article about um, telling your story, about you know a narrative, a brand narrative yeah. that goes right the way through a, a business and through the website, and yeah. and and yours definitely does, and it's it, it it's about spreading the culture through everything you do, uh, and I particularly like just about on every page there is a person. There is a real yep. person and it, you, know, you, you don't yep. have a corporate culture look or feel about your site at all. It's about your people and your owners, which I absolutely loved. 
Absolutely. People do business with people. And, and that's something that I also see also in my previous uh, e-commerce business. That was the missing uh, piece. Um, you want to rent a home, but who are you giving your three, four, five thousand hard-earned money uh, to? Yeah. You have no idea. It's a, it's a website and a logo. If you're if you're lucky under the about page, you may see the, the, the C-level uh, team, but you want to know like, hey, who's going to clean my home? Who's going to inspect my home? If I have an issue, which maintenance, is there a real business behind it or the real people uh, or is it just a call center or an OTA that's 10,000 mm-hmm. miles away? So, yeah, bringing that personal touch in our industry. Let's be very clear. I, I still have that e-commerce background in me and I do not our goal is to have as little contact with, with our guests as, as possible. That's mm-hmm. our goal. And our mission is accomplished. If a guest goes from booking all the way to checkout and they do not need to contact us, um, then we did a great job because that means that everything was, was good and perfect and clear and they didn't have any questions or issues getting in. So uh, mission accomplished. But still, we need. How, how do you bring a personal touch in in a customer life cycle that you don't want to see? That it's hard. So we try to do that um, and compensate uh, those with with automated messages, but also having those photos in there mm-hmm. and on the vans and, and all the communication, so that people still have the feeling like they they know us and they've seen us, although they may never have seen a live uh, person uh, during this day. And, and that's important because a lot of people want to go on vacation. They don't want to see anybody. They, they just want no, to. Yeah. It's one of the reasons they choose a vacation rental so they don't have to do that. They can have the, the they don't um, want to see anybody, But they want to be sure that someone can be there if yeah. they need them. And, and that's what we try to communicate in, in a visual way. Like, hey, we're here. We're real people. We're a real team. And, and we're just a phone call or a message uh, away. Before we wrap up here, I, I want to go full circle to what we were talking about, I think, just before we started recording, which was um, about the uh, the introduction that I did to this episode, which was um, Amy Highnote's arrival at one of your properties. And it was the most yeah. beautiful description of that first 10 minutes. It was textbook. This is what every vacation, to to me, this is what every vacation rental should be about. You arrive, and if it's at night, the the light is on. You walk in, there's music playing, the temperature's just right. There's a a good amount of light there. People go in, they look in bedrooms, they want to see beautiful linens, they want to see a clean bathroom, they go to the kitchen, they want to see everything laid out perfectly. That's what you did for, for... Amy, it's what got her to contact you and then consequently write that article. Tell me how important you feel that first 10 minutes of a guest arrival is. It's it's the make or break moment uh, for sure. And, and for me, that's what it's all about. It's the most magical moment for me in the whole vacation rental experience. So a guest has has planned and and booked months in advance they have been saving Um, a lot of them have been traveling for hours or or maybe days Mm -hmm. and then they finally arrive they they have an idea of in their mind of what they're going to get because they saw photos of course but they open the door they walk in and and then you start exploring the whole home and, and I have that experience myself every time we go somewhere it's a new environment you're excited you're happy you're on vacation 
Um, you open the door and, and yeah, you, the whole family scatters around, goes to all the rooms. The kids find a, a game room. Oh, daddy, mommy, come and see what we found here. Or this is my bed and, and you're going to sleep there. So that's, that's, that's really a key moment in, in the whole um, experience. And, and I remember when I, I started in the business, the, the previous business owner, they took me around to, to a unit and said, hey, yeah, this, we have a guest arriving here, but I'm going to show it. And it was a beautiful Lakeview condo on the fourth floor um, here in Orlando. And she opened the door and it was, it was pitch black uh, um, in the unit. The, the, the blinds were closed. There were no lights on. And I was like, where is the light switch? Because, yeah, I was, I've never been in the home. Is it left, right, high, low? I, I, I couldn't find the light switch because it was not right next to the door, but like like two steps uh, in on, on the wall. And, and yeah, then every room we walked into, we had to find the light switches and then like three light bulbs were burned out. So it wasn't really an amazing experience. And then she opened up the blinds because she said, yeah, here we have a balcony um, and, and there's a lake view. So she opened the blinds to, to go out to the balcony. And also, oh my God, this view is amazing. That's that's probably the reason why those people uh, book um, the whole condo. But why why are you hiding it? That should be the first thing um, that you see when when you open the door. And and that's where we started creating that experience. Remember, also back then in the beginning, we were really really guest focused, so we wanted to. The mm-hmm. guests have the most amazing experience. So I'm not sad that I did that because this is part of it. So we really recognize um, the the, um, the great things about vacation rentals is that each home is unique. It's not like a hotel where you know, like, okay, uh, I'm married here or on the other side of the world. It's going to look the same. It's It's not... Like really, no one is really excited when they walk in a hotel room, I think. Uh, uh, but a home is, is unique, but you have certain expectations. Um, and and I, when I go on vacation, I still don't know, should I expect like shampoos in the bathroom or do I need to bring my own? I'm a guy, so I use whatever is in the home. So I never bring my own uh, products. And I've been to so many vacation homes in the last few years still where there's no hair products or, or soaps available in the bathroom. Most of them now have toilet paper, but even five years ago, not all homes provided toilet paper. Kitchen supplies, coffee, for example, um, there's still many, many homes that don't provide coffee. But if you arrive, if you have a late flight, you arrive at 2 a.m. at night, you don't have time to go or you don't want to go to a store anymore. But yeah, my wife needs her coffee in the morning. Uh, if she doesn't have her coffee, she's not happy. So I want to make sure that there's coffee in the home. So what we created is, is like um, the what we call the Casiola guest experience. So mm-hmm. each home is, is unique and, and we want it to be unique. But there should be a basis that is the same for everywhere. And part of it is we want white linen, triple sheeting everywhere. No, like, oh, this one has colorful comforters. This one has great towels. It's it's white is clean. You can't hide anything on, on white. Um, you see right away if it's clean or not, if it's ironed or not. So white bedding. We have a whole basic set of, of kitchen uh, products. Uh, so you can basically start cooking a meal um, without having to buy your salt and your pepper and your cooking oil and all spices. Uh, it's all uh, there. Like you said, we leave light in each room because of that experience. 
people don't know the house, so they, they don't want to look around. We do not leave alarms uh, armed when the guests <laughs> arrive because... You know, it's stressful. That's a magical moment. You don't want to ruin it. Like, oh, we need to search where the alarm is. Or you start, it starts beeping and then guests are not prepared. They need to look in their phone or on their papers where the code is. And yeah, bam, it's too late and you ruin the whole experience. So it, we have a whole like checklist of, of things that we do. The music is one of them. Um, like you have a calm feeling. It, it feels also very intentional and <laughs> That helps us also creating that better guest experience. Guests are not going to look like right away like, oh, what's wrong here? Or or why is the light bulb burn out? Because they walk in, they see the lake view now right away when they walk in, the lights, the music. It just makes them uh, happier. And, and uh, that's that's what's key in this business. Yes, we, we used to say we wanted guests to feel enveloped when they walked in the door yeah. with, a, with a warmth. Yeah. You know, it's like it, the house is giving you a hug. And yeah, and if it, and if a guest yeah. doesn't yeah. feel that the house is giving them a hug, then we've done some. You know, we we haven't quite done this right. Um, yeah. Yeah. And, and I've walked into homes where I did not have that feeling. And if you're already getting into bad mood, you're gonna focus on mistakes and and that yeah, that's gonna yeah. come back to us. Uh, so well, we want to avoid that uh, um, at all. Well, ab- absolutely. And people have had a long journey, you know, and, and when they're coming to Orlando, they're often coming by air and and that's frustrating and stressful in itself. So, you know, kudos to you. I I, I talk to a lot of property managers and, and this, you know, just, just hearing your first 10 minute story is is music to my ears. Dennis, we've we've sort of come to... <laughs> Gosh, we have talked our time out, but I, I think we've yeah. covered all the things just about that I wanted to. Your growth is just fantastic. What's the future for, for Cassiola in the next five years? Next five years. So, uh, um, yeah, we, we definitely want to um, expand our footprint um, through the franchise uh, model, help more small property managers or business owners um, grow their business and, and uh, um, yeah, grow the brand uh, mm-hmm. together with it. I know it's it's probably not going to be easy years. So um, I think streamlining the operations and, and, and the software can also really help with that. And, and that's something we, we constantly do. Uh, we we look at what we can automate and, and, and uh, streamline. Yeah, that's, that's going to be our main uh, focus, uh, um, growing into new destinations, but also in, in the destinations that we're already uh, are active in. Well, I wish you all the, the best fortune in the world. And uh, and we will, next time we're at a conference together, we will have a face-to-face discussion. Absolutely. Yeah, looking forward to it. It's been an absolute pleasure talking to you, Dennis. Thank you so much for joining me. No, my pleasure. Oh, thank you so much, Dennis. It was such a pleasure to talk to you and to hear about how you know a really well-oiled business runs and does it on some really great standards. And you know, just just in that last few minutes when we were talking about the, the first ten minutes of a guest arrival, just how important that is, and the standards of having every bed looking the same with with white linens and. 
it's all it's all in that article that that Amy wrote. So as I said, that is on the show notes. I will make sure that the Cassiola website is also on the show notes, and you can go take a look at that. Um, take a look at Cassiola Aruba as well. There were loads more questions I had for for Dennis, but um, never got around to asking them. So uh, we may do this again, maybe in a year or two, when. Perhaps the franchising has really got off the ground and and we can talk to some of the franchisees. That would be super cool. Okay, that's it for another week. That's it for 2023. Our next uh, episode will be the first of 2024 and away we go into yet another year. And I will look forward to being with you for that event. We hope you enjoyed this episode brought to you by Minute. Don't forget to check the link in the description of this episode to meet Minute and discover the best smart device you will ever integrate into your short-term rental business to help protect your investment and keep your neighbors happy. It's been a pleasure as ever being with you. If there's anything you'd like to comment on, then join the conversation on the show notes for the episode at vacationrentalformula.com. We'd love to hear from you. And I look forward to being with you again next week.